Well, all right, rugby fans. Hey, that was awesome. Like we had we had like a kickoff, which we've never ever had before. So that's kind of cool. Hey, this is a very, very special edition of the Austin Rugby Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Zare, as always, and back for the second week in a row. Alex, welcome back, man. Glad to have you. Hey. Ah, nice to be here again. Thanks for not being completely appalled by my performance last time o- out. Only, only partially appalled, so that was okay. So just, just, just a little bit. So we, we weren't too bad. But hey, uh, really glad that you could jump on here today. It's again an exciting, exciting week. Last week we came out of came out of Seattle with a win, a uh, nail biting win. Um, I'll be at that, but it was a great win nonetheless. Again, we got the bonus point again, four points. We continued the playoff hunt, and we said. What do we have to do this week to really ramp things up as we get down to you know, the last the last couple matches? Uh, for us, it's three matches left, four weeks left in the regular season. We get a bye week, uh, which is uh, probably well needed for some of the lads right now because uh, and they've been they're going to be traveling a lot and getting a bye week and coming back home will be good. But we said we got to have somebody really important on. Um, sorry, Alex, it wasn't necessarily you. Somebody, ju- I know, I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, but we said, hey, let's reach out and see if he'll come and join us. And of course he would. And that's none other than AG's head coach, Mr. Sam Harris. Sam, what's going on, man? Good to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure to come on the uh, the, the podcast. And um, good to meet you, Alex. Uh, welcome aboard. Welcome to the AG family. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Now, now, Sam, as as people are probably watching and looking right now, uh, they're they're noticing something that's not exactly uh, Austin weather. Um, I, I see a lot of palm trees. Uh, people have been following social media. There's been a lot of beaches. Uh, which again, no beaches in Austin. Uh, where do you find yourself uh, on on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? Yeah, we're in a town of Oxnard in in uh, California, uh, right near. Um, Ventura. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we've come here with with the six day turnaround from the Seattle game into the San Diego game. Uh, we just looked at all the possibilities and and the travel toll if we went from Seattle to Austin and then back on a plane a few days later into San Diego. We we thought this was the better option and um, and thankfully always want to show some gratitude that you know we have an owner that's happy to sign off on something like that. And, yeah, and it's been great for boys. They've really enjoyed it. That's fantastic. I mean, obviously, you know, professional sports and traveling. You know, the U.S. being such a big country and traveling from East Coast to West Coast and even Central to you know uh, Central up to Seattle. It's still a three and a half hour, four hour plane ride. That's if you get a direct flight to Seattle um, to come all the way back. You know, on a Monday and then turn around and fly all the way back out to to San Diego on you know would probably be Thursday or so for you all. I, I it probably a little bit easier on the bodies uh, just to make the trip from Seattle down down to California and kind of you know, have a bit of time away and a bit of time to to connect with the lads. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just made a lot more sense than than the other option that I spoke about. And we've come to um, we've come to a hotel where the um, the Marriott where the Cowboys do their summer camps every year. The Dallas Cowboys, oh yeah, to, to Texas, and um, yeah, it's just per, kind of purpose built for something like we're trying to achieve. And um, it's been great being here. It's great getting a little bit more access to players, or a bit more time away from just the regular everyday requirements that they have, and so that they can kind of um, focus in on the task at hand a little bit more. Um, whilst at the same time they've got opportunities to let their hair down a little bit in some occasions, whether it be going for a swim after training or, um, you know, going to places they've never been to before. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's awesome. And it's, it's good to hear that, you know, the guys are getting that chance to it, just connect a little bit more. Right. I, I think, you know, you and I talked about this all the way back and I think uh, maybe October and of building that family community and building that cohesion i think that we had actually missed here the first couple of seasons was like that true family feeling and you know first and foremost you know we're we're not finished with the season yet there's still a lot more to to go and we're going to talk about that here but i do want to say like seeing you and the rest of the team and what you all have built not just with you know bringing your immediate families over here with you and mark and you know their and your families but also building that community around the team in general I think has just been absolutely outstanding. And I, I appreciate, you know, what you guys have done. 
uh, as my camera cuts out there because, you know, live feeds and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but what you guys have done in that community mentality that you brought to the rest of the AG family and the growing AG family now here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. That's, that's very kind words. And after our last game against um, Toronto at home, uh, it was a great crowd. And that was awesome. Best crowd we've had. It was really good. And, and as you know, we had the signing session after the game. And so the uh, fans had access to the players on the field and access to me. And the amount of people that came up to me and thanked me for me and us for what we've done and what we've created. And, and you know, we're not finished, but a certain level of success the team wasn't used to. So yeah. Um, it's really nice that people have recognized that and they're grateful for it. And, you know, hopefully it's, we've kind of laid a good platform, you know, for, for this season and for seasons to come. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think that's, it's, it's fantastic to see that. And we we'll want to talk a little bit about future stuff, but obviously I want to touch base real quick. Obviously this last week we did go up to Seattle, Seattle, always a tough place to play the seawall as they call it up there, uh, kind of going up against the, uh, the burnt orange wall, uh, <laughs> as people are starting to call us. Um, some of the walls kind of got broken through a little bit there a bit of a, a <laughs> quite a bit of scoring going on in a Seattle Austin match, but you know, it's, you know, over the past couple of games, probably going back to the Texas Cup match against Houston, up until that match, we had had a bit of, you know, we hadn't been scoring a whole lot of points. We'd been winning, but keeping, you know, points scoring low. You know, the change yep. kind of happened around, you know, that Houston match, obviously Toronto, big point numbers. Uh, and then this past weekend, what do you think has been, you know, I, I guess, what's been the kind of change in approach to see kind of this scoring increase in the past couple of weeks, um, you know, and the defense continue to play really strong, um, but also, you know, just kind of that, what has been the, the key thing or maybe a couple key things that have been for the scoring increase since, since that Houston match. First and foremost, continuity yeah. um, combinations um, with week on week, kind of playing with the same combinations every week, especially, in our back line, our back line has been pretty pretty healthy over the last month. And um, I think that's probably the main reason. But also on top of that, like, I think fundamentally there were some areas of our attack that weren't working. And I thought we, without scoring too many points, we had a really good attack. Yeah. If, if the try line was the five-middle line, we'd be winning the comp by <laughs> 15 points. I, that, um, was, that was maybe one of my questions coming up, like what's, what's the deal with the five-meter line, right? <laughs> yeah, but we just couldn't get it over the try line and, and whatever it was, whether it was um, a mental block or whether it was our strategy or or lack of clarity, whatever it was, you know, we, we definitely um, dedicated a lot of time and effort into cleaning that up a little bit and, and making it a little bit clearer on what everybody's objectives are and um, dedicating just a little bit more time to it. And um, then also on top of that, there's some, some personnel that have come in that are probably more attacking minded. And there's probably some personnel that have come out that were more defensive minded. And, and whilst you said we were still doing a job in defense, but I do think that our, our team started leaking a few more points than what we normally do. And maybe that's, a correlation from scoring more points. You, you see early on in the season, the Catinis were letting in a lot of points, even though they were scoring a lot of points. Yeah. A lot more points, I should say. Yeah, but, a lot um, more points. <laughs> yeah. But, they, uh, but their defense has been stout over the last kind of month as well. So I think they've never taken us as the best defense. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, it it's a combination of those two main things, I think. It wasn't as if the team was not scoring any points. It seems to be more of a, a set piece or a first phase attack problem because in the loose, uh, you know, it was still um, cutting loose and jumping all over opposition uh, mistakes. So I was looking through the, the stats earlier today and uh, I was just thinking, uh, was it frustrating from a training ground point of view in that like first phase moves didn't seem to be going anywhere um, you know, in loose uh, balls, we were jumping all over. And I know um, Zinni scored uh, scored a, like a handful of amazing tries uh, in the loose this season. So it's not like it's not functioning. It just seems to be like maybe the training ground stuff isn't happening quite as effectively as you'd like. Yeah, potentially. Like we've, um, in the last three games, we've scored three one-inch set-piece tries. But like um, like the one last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, the line-out, deadly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, a, I, th- oh, yeah. I think it's, 
That's okay. It was, or did, I don't know if you're breaking, if you're breaking up or had something else to say. So I wanted to make sure that you got, you got your, your words in. So, um, do you think that, you know, what, I guess one of the questions that one of the supporters, John, John Rowley had was, you know, what are some of the key improvements you've seen from that first game compared to the rest of the, to, to now? Like, what are, do you think have been those key improvements? You know, we talk about, you know, maybe some set pieces being a little more effective than they had been earlier in the season. Are there anything else that you think, you know, really kind of tie in, especially with that continuity as well, that have been some of those big improvements? Yeah. Again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the continuity is such a large part of it because um, we're not learning new moves with new combinations. It's and that's what it was like for the first eight nine weeks of the competition. And it was we never had the same backline in the first ten weeks, and there was lots of chops, chopping and changing every week. And so now that we're getting, um, we're keeping people on the field, and we're also getting some quality back to the team. There is some, like for the last couple of weeks, there's some quality players that we're leaving out of the 23-man squad that, like I was looking at our our pack last week of you know, non-starting members in the pack and that second pack could, could really go toe-to-toe with, with any other team in the comp. So, yeah, yeah we're getting to the point where we, we are starting to have to leave the quality players out of the team, which is, a, which is a healthy problem to have, but a difficult one at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a it's a problem that I don't think Austin's that we've really ever had in the past. You know, we're always at the end of the season, man. We're injuries and you know, uh, uh, yeah, mostly just injuries at the end of the season. People are going, oh man, we're all banged up. It seems as though yeah. most of our I'm gonna say quote knock on wood here. Most of our our big injuries happened earlier in their season, and now people are starting to get back healthy. I mean, Dom Aquino was injured, and you know, I know Christian Osberg still kind of coming back from injury, but it seems as though those things continue to happen, which is you know, hopefully the Mo Abdominant is one of them. I talked to him the other day, and he was saying that hopefully he's going to be coming back, you know, sooner rather than than expected before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a credit to our staff as well, um, our high performance staff, and our medical staff to, to get these guys back. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a war of attrition. This game, it's a very physical competition. I've got to say that. Look, we we come off the field and we're banged up and bruised every week, and and I'm all, I'm always amazed how physical the games are. Um, I think more games than not, we've come out on top in in that. And um, but but it takes its toll. For sure, Alex. Did you have? I think you had kind of a couple of questions talking about sides from the beginning of the season to to now. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, you pretty much answered the first question I had, which was going to be: Did you have an idea of what your 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 first fifteen was going to be at the start of the season? Um, but you say there's been personnel changes, trying out different combinations. Um, was it? Uh, a case of you just trying things out that you thought would work or were you, did you have a, a solid idea of what you wanted uh, the spine of your team to be when you started and that's just changed over the season? Yeah, I don't think we were. In terms of like troops on the ground plus injuries, never really got the spine that I was looking for until probably... Last week, <laughs> I was gonna say last <laughs> last week, a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, because I know. Um, I mean, you weren't you weren't playing Kurt Morath at fly half, and he seems to have come in the last two three games and just made the jersey his own. Um, that must have made life a little bit easier for you. Yeah, I think I think um, yeah, that was at max expense, Mac Mason. And to be fair, again, back to the continuity. I don't know if he ever got that. So. It, I don't know if he really – I think if he was put into 10 right now with the same group, with the same forwards as well, he'd do the same, just as good a job as Kurt. But um, we we gave Mac a really good go and, and we thought it was time for a change when, when we made it. And now it's Kurt's jersey until he until he chooses not to be, you know, <laughs> or, or, if he or if he does perform. Because we've got, we've got two other quality international 10s in the squad between Mac and Will. And um, so he, he knows that there's competition for, for his jersey. And as you said, he's kind of come in there and um, done a really good job. Um, but through that period before that, like we were up against some pretty quality teams. And yeah. They were putting us under a lot of pressure. So um, well, all that said and done, 
Kurt's done a great job. And he's got such a steady head, really calm under pressure. Uh, he plays a really good territory game, which, which probably suits us. And, um, yeah, he's been excellent over the last kind of three or four weeks. Yeah. And the uh, the other question I had was, how does the, the size and the scale of the USA um, compare with something like Super Rugby with all the traveling? Uh, I think the, the commentators on the game at the weekend touched on uh, the fact that in the UK, you catch a bus everywhere because you're never more than three hours away from a match. Um, have yeah. you found it to be a, a considerable challenge to factor in all the travel and the way that the, the league schedule has been laid out? Yeah, I have for sure. Um, I probably under uh, underestimated how big this country was for sure. Because <laughs> I, um, I, I'm from a big country as well, and um, it doesn't. The it, it, it just it's, it's almost as big, but the travel doesn't seem to be as as, as um, immense. So uh, that that part has proven to be difficult. But again, we looked at it and, and thought it was in our best interest to prepare in the game. Most teams are leaving on the Friday for Saturday games. Sometimes you can arrive to your hotel at 12 o'clock at night and then you've got to get up. And if it's a, if it's a day game, you know, you're not getting much rest and then you're straight into your game. And, like, I don't know how you can possibly perform at the best if that's the case. So we've we pivoted to, if we're playing a Saturday, we travel on a Thursday, which means that the team wakes up in a – in a bed that we were playing at and they get to go and do a captain's run. So it's just kind of increasing that comfort level for the players and just giving them the best opportunity to perform at their best um, when when it's game time. Hmm. You know, obviously with with travel and everything, we also have coming up is is the international break. Uh, Not international break, but international matches. Uh, We do lose a couple players from that. How do you approach... Kind of these two upcoming. Well, you don't have we we have one game, but it's two weeks. How do you approach the the one game we have coming up, getting close you know, with this playoff push that we have right now, um, with key players going away on international duty? Uh, you know, Connor Mooneyham, um, you know, Ruben De Haas is going as well. Um, I I would only I was thinking that Will might or might not, depending on if he's healthy, get called up given AJ McGinty's uh, injury, unfortunately. Um, how do you kind of deal with some players leaving the squad? And you said you had players in reserves who are can go up against, you know, an MLR anywhere else. Um, have you been kind of preparing for that at all? Yeah, it's not just a couple of guys. We've actually oh, got, that's right. you've got Toronto, Cole, you've got Cole of- and, and Regan too. Sorry, I was I forgot yeah. the Canadians. <laughs> and 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 Marcelo in Chile. So yeah. Apart from apart from uh, apart from Canada, um, sorry, apart from Toronto, obviously because they're the only MLR team. Yeah. Um, that kind of stays to Canada. Um, we've got the strongest representation of internationals within America and Canada. Yeah. So within the Americas, I should say. So um, yeah, that definitely takes a bit of managing. Thankfully, all those positions, we have people that are fit and healthy to, to fill in and to step in. and um, only step in, but like it's kind of exciting they get an opportunity to, to do that. So um, we've still got to get one, through one more game before that comes around. But um, I, I think it's a it's not like I'm really happy as a coach that we've been able to produce that many players to do yeah. that and represent that because that's what we're all about. And then on the, on the flip side of that, well, it gives other guys opportunity. And, and it's going to be in the biggest game of our season. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, and unfortunately, they don't have the same type of representation. I think they're only going to lose two players. I think they, so. Yeah, I think they lose two players for that match, which, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be a big one. You know, we, we obviously players have have come in throughout the season um we've had new signings uh we had one of the one of the questions that came from from one of the uh, fans is you know was a question about about Ruben de Haas you know coming on the team um came on the team a lot of excitement but to some people's standards uh he hasn't played up to what they we thought he would play um what has been kind of the the thought process and his style of play and how you see it and bringing him on the field as opposed to having Pele or you know Marcelo when when he was here before he went to go down and play with Chile um and again what's been happening kind of the thought process with with the style and the play of of De Haas over the past couple weeks yeah love I've um 
personally, I've been pretty happy with Rubes. I, I think he's a, a great player and he's um, defensively he's great. Uh, box kicking, he's world class. Yeah. Uh, deli- Service wise, at the at, from the ruck to the ten tens, yeah, again world class. But um, yeah, there was a couple of options on the weekend that he didn't take. I've, I've been on the UK. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, someone, tra- then, someone tried to, to uh, photo bomb or uh, zoom bomb your meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a lame attempt. I probably should have just waved it off, but all good. Um, sorry for the interruption. No, you're yeah, good. So, <laughs> it's live. It doesn't. It's all right. We're fine. Yeah, the thing that prompted his arrival to Austin was the fact that I was going to lose Marcelo for so long, and um, I've been chasing ribs before. Uh, before this opportunity came up, mm-hmm. I think he's a fantastic player. So, um, you know, he's it had been a few weeks before he played a game. Um, when he got to us, it had been eight to ten weeks. So, yeah. he needed a bit of time to find his groove, and uh, he's training hard to be in preparation for um, these test matches and then also for his arrival to Saracens. Yeah. Well, so the, I guess the question for the people have like, will he continue to after the uh, the international test matches? Will he then continue on to Saracens, or will he be joining back up, linking back up with us for the last game of the season? To be confirmed. To be confirmed. T- TBD. Stay tuned, friends. <laughs> so a question that I had. Uh, a question that I had with uh, regards to uh, recruitment was, uh, does the, ho- the hot weather and the hard grounds in Austin stop you from looking to recruit any Welsh players? <laughs> for, 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 yeah, for, the, for the Welsh in the group here? <laughs> yeah, we've, got a, we've got a couple of um, Irishmen here, and they, they don't seem to be bothered quite too much. Um, why are you looking for a team, Alex? <laughs> if you need anyone that's far too slow and not big enough, if you think that there's a place in the side for someone with those properties, sign I'm up your man. Ready to go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> send your details through. There you go. Send, 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 your, send your game highlights through. It'll be, it'll be good. So. <laughs> well, so we, we also have, you know, this, this coming, these coming weeks is, you know, we're, we're three, three, three up on the, on the trot here. We've been playing really well, but these last three weeks we're we're five back from, from Utah who for some reason or other seem to win every game at the death. Like they just want to make it exciting or some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how other teams can't stop them in the last three minutes. Uh, but uh, what's kind of your mindset knowing that, you know, going into these next matches, which, you know, San Diego, again, no slouch. They, that you, that game last week against, against LA was, you know, they put it to them. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of matches, but they put it to them for a good 75, 80 minutes. Um, you know, a couple of things here and there and it bounce of the ball. And it would have been San Diego's game, but you know they technically still hunting down hunting down a playoff opportunity, uh, albeit a very far shot. But we are, you know, five back. What's kind of the mindset going into these last couple matches, and and what are you kind of uh, what are you looking for from the boys? You know, obviously besides the the win and the hard work, but you know, as we continue on these last matches of the season. Yeah, it's a really um, interesting combination of games leading into the, the playoffs. So the picture is that LA's got a game in hand for everyone else. So they after the win against San Diego on the weekend, they look pretty comfortable to make the finals. Yeah. Um, uh, San Diego now look out of the picture for the finals. So it's really a race between ourselves and Utah for that second spot for this conference. LA play Utah on the final round of the comp. Yeah. Uh, and if I know DC like I know DC, if he's comfortable uh, in his position on the table, then he'll rest as many players as he can for that game so he can um, go into the final fresh and ready and, yeah. and, um, and still with that number one position. So what that does for my and our mindset is that, well, first of all, we're going to get the job done this week. Um. But then the whole thing is within our power. So if we beat them um, in the penultimate round of the MLR, then they will have to play all their big dogs against Utah in the final round of the the season. So 
And if they do that, that means that they have to win the game to maintain their number one position and so on and so on. So in my head, it's all within our control. All we've got to do is win this week, go to LA, beat them. If we do, put the pressure on them to then beat Utah the week after, and then we need to get the job done against DC. So whilst after um, Utah beats New York on the weekend, which I wasn't expecting, I was a little (laughs) bit dejected when I really thought about it. We we weren't expecting it either as we were watching it with a minute left to play (laughs) or whatever it was left. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, i got to give Utah credit, though. They they do not give up. They have no quit in them. And they're a great side. They are a great side. For sure. um, They seem like the team's destiny this year. um, But hopefully we can spoil the party there and in the last uh, five weeks, maybe we can be some destiny. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good, good. Good to hear that. I mean, obviously, we're all hoping for uh, twelve points out of twelve, get bonus point in each match, and hopefully, the who knows? Maybe, obviously, we're going to be rooting for our uh, our Texas brethren over there in Houston to to pull up and pull up an upset with with Houston. Um, you never know; it, it could happen. Like MLR, the the, the parody, like. Any team can beat anybody on any given day is what I was always said. doesn't matter who you are. So, um, but yeah, that's good. Um, a couple questions from yeah, uh, other fans that we've had that I kind of wanted to ask you um, coming from uh, the, uh, the Finches family, Mallory, Russell, Joaquin, and like all of them, which uh, diehard AG fan. So hello to all of you. If you're, if you're watching right now, I ho- hope you are. I can't see the Facebook or, or, or YouTube if you're on one of those pages. Um, you know, Russell's question was uh, kind of going back to, um, you know, before the season, uh, the biggest deciding factor uh, helping you and your decision to coach the AGs. What, what was that? Uh, thanks, Russell, for your question and to all the Finches. Um, oh, the opportunity, the opportunity to um, be a, a head coach of a professional team uh, and do that in the biggest sports market in the world. Um, that I've always been attracted to. And then on top of that, like, I can kind of pull all the strings here. You know, the buck does stop with me, but I've got complete control of the atmosphere and the environment that I create. So um, lots of other head coaches around the world are not able to say that. So I quite enjoy that part of it. And, and, um, yeah, the next three weeks will kind of determine whether we were successful or not, but... Um, I've loved this journey and I love the process of that. And, you know, whether we do or we don't, you know, I want to be here for a long time because I, I do love Austin. I do love the people within the organisation. And um, and I think there's a huge potential within that city and, and state for, to grow the game of rugby and to also uh, create a, a legacy of success. Yeah. I think that, that dovetails into one of your questions that you had, Alex, I think on, on your list uh, that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> I, I was thinking of a couple, but the first thing I'd like to ask is, um, so last season, Austin only won one game. The, we took the Texan Cup and we smacked Houston around uh, by a point in the last minute, if I remember. <laughs> um, what, what, were your goals? what were your goals for this season? What were your ambitions? Did, did you expect to be with the, you know, your, your destiny in your own hands approaching the playoffs? Yeah, I did expect that. Um, but my expectations were to make make the conference finals and then you know, give yourself a chance to win the finals from there. Um, what was the first part of that question? Uh, what, what just what were your aims considering that Austin re, uh, you know didn't have a great season last time out um, which leads on to my next question a hypothetical situation Austin make the playoffs make the final and suddenly you've got 50,000 Texans looking to watch Austin play next season have you had any conversations about moving up to bigger stadia Q2 <laughs> well, Q, Q2 only <laughs> gives us halfway to that 50,000. So, but I'll take, I'll take uh, Q2. <laughs> not even really half, not even halfway for that. Um, I, I don't know about 50,000, but I think 10 to 15 to 20,000 would potentially be achievable. Um, yeah, it would be great to kind of, we have been in discussions with Q2, but it's hard for them because they've only just had their first game on, on the field. And, um, I think we've had preliminary chats with them, but but nothing too in depth. And 
it was going to always going to be hard this season because they hadn't played on it and they didn't want to they didn't want to rip up the turf. I'm I'm skeptical as it is because um, you know yeah. through history soccer soccer stadiums hate rugby teams playing. Yeah, on them, so. and and if I, I'm. Um, I won't lie. If you watch that match, that turf did not even survive that first match. <laughs> like, it was, we, we commented on it. It got, if it got tore up by a soccer match, you absolutely, it was going to be shredded by a rugby match. <laughs> yeah. Well, to answer your question though, our upper management is working around the clock to try and find solutions for, the, for what we're talking about. In saying that, Bold Stadium has been a great venue for us. Like, yeah, it's been it's fantastic. Just, you know, ultimately, it is a little bit far away from downtown, or I live the other side of downtown, so it's a, it is a long way to get there. Um, but once you're there, it's it's something special. Like it's really, really a great venue. When you get there, when you rock up to the game, or when we rock up to the game at like five thirty, five o'clock, like it's magical. Like it's such a good environment, sun setting. It's a really good atmosphere. There's a band playing. You know. I'd love to. I'd love to go watch a game there and not be the head coach of it because you know, I could sit back and, and, and down eight beers quite yeah. easily and enjoy. We're, we're we're hoping that that doesn't happen anytime soon. Just to just to put that out there, we don't want that to. Uh, you, just, you have to. You can't watch a game from the stands yet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's been? Uh, oh, you know, one of the questions we had is, you know, what's been kind of one of the biggest learning points? Um, from this first year in, in American rugby. I mean, you, you've been in Australia, you've been in Japan, you've coached in both places. And now that you're, you've come to America in this first year, what's been your biggest learning, you know, I guess maybe experience, what's been the biggest point that, you know, hopefully that you can take into to season two? Yeah, great question. I think um, that's just confirming you are sticking around for the long term for more than one season. So I just want to throw that out there too. <laughs> yep. Well, you're definitely going to see me next year. Yep. Sure. Okay. Good. Everybody, everybody, we can we can rest assured that smiling face will be back on uh, <laughs> back on the podcast again next year. <laughs> yeah. I think what I've what I've learned this this competition has um, grown exponentially from what it was season one, even since last season. Uh, there are twelve gritty teams in in both conference or in each conference, six in each, but um, there is no there's no confirmed W in the schedule. Like it's it's a real grind and there's such parity within this competition and there's great players and there's great coaches and they're so supportive of one another. Um, that aside, the, my point is that you don't have a week to exhale. Yeah. <laughs> you you're going, you're on, you've got to be you've got to bring your A game on Monday, you gotta win later Friday to, to get the formula for Saturday and um going into next season I will know that. I, I didn't know what to expect at the start of it, but, but um yeah, great teams, great coaches, great players. It's awesome. Uh no, another question uh from the uh from the Finches family. Um we kind of talked about this. We had a biggest accomplishment. What do you think have been the biggest struggles for the team this year? This, this comes from Mallory. This was, she, she was wanting to know, like we talked about big accomplishments and obviously hopefully some big accomplishments still to happen uh, with yep. uh, some playoff pushes. But what do you think have been some of the biggest struggles for you all this year as, as an organization? Yeah, well, I won't talk any more about it, but injuries, obviously, especially early in the season. And then um, just navigating... All the little things like the space that we're in, it's great and functional, but it's probably not big enough for the amount of players and staff that we now have. And yeah. we probably need to find um, an alternative, but you know, that's in the process. And then it would be great to own our own field to train on. You know, we're, we're really a tenant at, our, um, at the round of multi-purpose complex, which they're, they're great hosts, but it's hard when you train on Astrid. I'd, I'd much prefer to train on um, grass like... I've had four injuries this year with one calf just because of the AstroTurf. That was literally my next question is, do you feel as though the AstroTurf and where you train has played, maybe not wreaked havoc, but has given to some of the injuries and some of the issues then going and playing on stadiums that, that are all grass? Yeah, I, I do. I don't think it, the, the grass part of it comes to it, but I think the fact that we um, we train on AstroTurf has 
had an effect on how many soft tissue injuries we've had within hamstrings and calf muscles. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I would I would like to find our own field that, that is grass and that we can mark out and have goalposts on. Um, and because if you really take a deep dive into what we do every day and every week and um, like we're trying to provide the guys with a world-class facility and a world-class support staff and we've made huge strides to do that this year. Um, but it would be good to have more control over our field. Yeah, that's good. Um, Sam, it's been almost one year since you and Mark made the flight over from, uh, not, not quite a year. We're getting closer and closer. Um, one of the questions from, from Joaquin is, uh, what do you miss most, uh, from back home? Having, having freshly moved to Texas for almost a year now, what, what's, what's the one thing you miss from, from being back home? No, it's only it's only been six months. Has it really? I thought, man, that feels like it's been yeah, longer. We, we landed January fourth. Oh man, see what I, I thought it has been a year. It shows how long yeah. like COVID, the year of COVID was for me. Like I didn't even think that year existed, and that's probably why. It's like everybody's like, oh yeah, we did yeah. that last year. I was like, that was actually two years ago, but last year doesn't count because of COVID. So. <laughs> Somewhere in the background, a researcher is getting fired. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> and by that researcher, that is probably me since we don't have researchers for this show. <laughs> anyway, so okay, six months you've been gone. What do you miss the most about Australia? Uh, well, it's been nice to be here in California and see beaches like yeah. I've I might have said on the last podcast I was with you, but the ocean is definitely my anchor, and it's really nice to see that again. And um, there's nice bodies of water in Austin, but there's no ocean. So, that's not an ocean. Uh, that's, yeah, um, but that's 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 probably the, the main thing that I miss. Um, you can get good coffees in Austin, and you can get good coffees in Oxnard, but they're hard to find. And uh, in Australia, there's probably on every corner. So yeah, there'd probably could. be you know, in the coffee. Yeah, the, the coffee. I, I will agree with you on that one. The coffee for sure. <laughs> so, um, um, so, um, uh, you've been doing uh, well for, in terms of being able to call up local uh, players from the Austin area to help bolster the squad. Uh, I wanted to ask how you found the local scene compares to something like the, uh, the Manly versus Rats competitive scene that you'd know from back home. Yeah. Um, I, to be fair, because of COVID, like we're only really kind of four to six weeks out of COVID restrictions within internally within us. So I didn't really get to experience the local scene. I haven't seen a Huns Blacks match. Um, I've I've held a coaching seminar for for all the Austin coaches if if they wanted to come, um, which was which was really good and and well attended. But I haven't actually seen the scene yet, which is which is tough. Um, I know there's lots of good players here and I'm just working currently off recommendations of players here at the team or, or coaches at the, at those teams. So that's all I've been working with. And, um, and I've been pleasantly surprised with those recommendations and the, and the quality of player that have come in and the quality of human that's come into the doors because um, that's probably my, my first prerequisite of recruitment is character and um yeah all really good guys and have all have contributed to the um, environment that's awesome Okay, and another, um, just I was um, speaking to some people uh, and uh, a question that came forward. Somebody wanted me to ask you whether you could uh, share an anecdote about how um, Steve Beaver Menzies got on with his adventure in the strange and wonderful world of rah-rah rugby. <laughs> what a great question. Um, yeah, it's a... It's a it's an interesting one. So Steve Beaver Menzies, we played together uh, at Manly in the, in the Seagulls and League. And he is, um, along with Mark Gerard, my assistant coach, he is my best friend. And um, the three of us are really tight. And uh, I've always been on him about playing rugby. But he, he played rugby at school. He really liked rugby. His, his, uh, his stepdad or, or dad, she probably considers him, um, coached me when I was playing Clubland. And I coached Beaver's brother, um, at rugby because he loves rugby more than me. So there's a lot of connections there. And then my first real hands-on with Beaver to get into rugby was he accepted an invitation to come to Hong Kong with the Australian Wallaby Classics team. And we were playing 
in a dense tournament over there. Before we went to that tournament the week before, he played in a trial match with me, Mark, and his brother for the Rats in a fifth grade game against North Sydney. And uh, it was just a bit of fun. But the, the, the players from that other team, they just got a thousand photos with him. They loved playing footy against him and he, he scored three tries, as you'd imagine. <laughs> um, and then we went to Hong Kong together and, and he – yeah, he's just the people's champ. Everyone loves him. And um, even even some guys here in this team, like Whopper, can't, cannot wait to get on a FaceTime with him because he's just one of his heroes. So that's it. That's how I got introduced to or involved in rugby. <laughs> Wonderful. For those who probably uh, might not be familiar, did he finish the, the top try scoring forward in uh, rugby league when he ended his career? Yes. You know, guy was a legend. Yes, so um, yeah. thanks for sharing that. Very yeah. entertaining. By the way, we here on the podcast we 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 do cover rugby league as it pertains to Austin, considering we almost had a team. That was a very interesting situation. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, and we and we can we talked with Mac Mason and we talked with uh, McLean and you know they're both rugby league guys. Uh, I I said it. Basically, when I think when you and I first met, Sam, like you guys, are you going to have kind of that the rugby league style defense where you're rushing up and playing hard nosed and in your face? So the answer, if you've watched any matches, yes, like <laughs> there's a reason we have the number one defense. And I'm definitely I'm attributing it to the hard work, but also just kind of playing that rush style defense that, that you see a lot in, in rugby league and NRL. So um, I don't yeah. know. I, that, that rush defense doesn't just happen, Dustin. Like there is a lot of work in. The oh no, no, no! I know, I know. Wait, you mean you mean you mad? You magically just don't snap your fingers and everything happens. Yeah. You know, you it just happens. The guys just run up and uh, make every tackle. Bryce will sort out. The, the, just got let it. Bryce yeah. deal with it. Yeah, McLean, go make yeah. a tackle. You're fine. <laughs> uh, next question comes from uh, your fellow countryman, Mr. Dan Power. How does it feel being voted MLR sexiest coach in 2021? I didn't even know that that was a, I didn't know that's a thing. Sorry, Dan, that must've snuck in there. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong question there. I said, I, 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 I wasn't aware of that, but it, it does seem well. I didn't know but, that was, um, a, didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know it was a category, but I think Stephen at Atlanta's got me covered. Yeah. He's a sharp dude. I, I, I might comment. I'm sure that your wife would probably agree with, uh, uh, with, Mr. Uh, Dan Power there. Uh, funny that we say your wife, uh, the next question actually comes from her. So do you think that uh, Sam is capable of blocking out a period each evening where he doesn't answer his phone to Mike Sheehan, who loves to chat, uh, and also not answer emails during this period? Sam, do you wish to comment on that? Is this a question or a this, statement? This is, I think it's kind of both. I think it's <laughs> like, a, like an it's, order. It's, it's that wife statement that, you know, like you, you, when the wife says, honey, do you think that you should maybe not do this right now? Like be on your phone. I get it all the time. So, so yeah. I just, yeah, it's, um, maybe answer offline and chat with her about that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I can answer, I can answer it online. She's, she's, um, she's justified in embarrassing me on this podcast by answering that, asking that question because yeah, I, I do, I think every head coach does um, kind of get lost in their work a little bit and, and, uh, and I probably have worked a lot more hours than I have previously that she's used to. So it's an adjustment for her, but also I probably need to let, make a little bit more time for her and the kids. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we talked about it in the last podcast and you said your, your family goes with you everywhere. It seems as though through, you know, social media posts and actually meeting them at the game, they're absolutely, I finally got to actually sit down and have a conversation with both your, your wife and Mark's wife after, you know, chatting with them and various social media and just seeing everything going on. Uh, it seems as though the families are having a, a good time and enjoying being here. Um, so hopefully that's, that's true. And hopefully you guys can speak to that and are, are enjoying being here, um, in, in Texas. You know, they are, they are having a good time. Um, it's, I think, uh, fundamentally as a family, no matter where you put us, we're, we're going to have fun, but, um, Texas and Austin has, well, it's been amazing for our family anyway. And I know Mark's is really enjoying it too. Um, they've just somehow got this magical group of friends within our neighborhood that, um, became very close very quickly. and uh, Big rugby supporters now, yeah? Big rugby supporters, yeah. You'd see them at the games. They just really are next level supportive but also fr friendly and um, 
and we've, we've really enjoyed ourselves in our little community because of the southern hospitality that they've outreached, but also opening their doors to, to our family. So that's made time a lot easier. So and, and definitely our, my wives and our wives, because yeah. to, to drop into a, a friendship group like that quickly, it's um, pretty rare. And, yeah. Uh, kids, well, they they've just got kids every afternoon come knocking on the door. Can can can, the, can Lola play? Can Scarlet play? Like, it's just uh, next level. So they're they're having a ball. They are really living the best life. They they'll fly out to um, San Diego to watch the game. So they're up at nights, and then we'll get up to LA and check all that out. I've never been. This is my first time on West Coast, really. So yeah. um, they're looking forward to that. And, and yeah, they they could not complain. They they never would, but they could not complain. <laughs> fantasy world we're living in at the moment <laughs> fantasy i like that you get to explore a lot in the u.s there's there's everything that's for sure oh. um yeah. what one of the one of the other questions that that you haven't asked yet alex but i'm gonna ask uh is it hard for the diet team dietitians to keep the players away from the barbecue joints right now i mean obviously with covid they're staying away but you know has, has it, have you been sneaking have you or anybody else on the team been sneaking down to get some barbecue recently I don't know if that's sneaky, and I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a barbecue eating epidemic, but um, <laughs> we don't have the budget for a petition. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell you, I tell you what. Once the season's over, you let us know. We'll we'll get some uh, get some barbecue down here, and we'll we'll take you out to. I can go to two streets and you like three or four barbecue places, and then you can go home and sleep for three days. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I am mad for brisket. I am um, dreaming about brisket, and I'm still searching for the perfect one. Oh, we well, got We got to drive south to. In my opinion, you got to drive south to. Well, eventually yeah, it'll so, be Buda. So. Oh really? Salt Lake. Oh, so you're gonna say Val- Valentina's. Valentina's yeah. is my favorite barbecue right now, but Lockhart, yeah, is it Snow's barbecue. Yeah, I've I've been to um, Valentina's to to sample. I think maybe on one of your recommendations or um, or Instagrams. I'm not sure, but uh, the wait for the food was too long. I was too hungry. And, yeah, and that's, that's the problem with barbecue is uh, you have to come and bring a picnic table just to sit at and wait to go get barbecue. So uh, yeah, well the things they. They did pre-orders online, and there you just go. didn't know that at the time. So next time, that's it. It's, we we learn, like we all learn these things. So, hey, uh, Sam, it's yeah. you know we're, we're we're coming up here on about an hour of, of chatting with you. I, I really appreciate you know you coming on. You know, we'll, last couple last questions here for me is just as we're going forward. You know, what what are and, and you see the growth of the sport, you know, what do you imagine, you know, put yourself in, in the shoes, you know, three years from now, what do you see Austin as a rugby community? What, what do you want to see from that community, from both fans and play and, and just the organization that you're building right now with, you know, with everybody behind the scenes, because obviously it's not just, you know, what's on the field and you as a coach, there's, there's a whole different part of the organization. What do you envision that being, you know, here in here in three to five years. Yeah. Um, which before I do that, which will lean onto this is um, I didn't really answer one of Alex's questions about, you know, hum- humble beginnings and all the rest of it. So um, the, the record for the, for the team here, for the, for the elite, for the herd, for the AGs before we got here was um, four, 26 and one or four, one and 26. Yeah. We only had, Four victories in, in thirty one games, and um, but now we've we've doubled that or tripled that because we've got eight wins. Um, so my expectations were to have this type of season um, and probably a couple more wins, and we did let a few slip. But, but I'm I'm beating myself up about that New England was at New England when we were leading eighteen five with you know, thirty to go. We really kind of um, messed that one up. And the last time we played San Diego uh, at home, you know, we threw an overthrow and the rest was history. And there was a couple, and there was a couple others that we really let slip. Um, but I, I think we got one against the Tots against Atlanta. Um, yeah. But if we did beat New England and then if we did beat Old Glory um, in the last round, then we would have made that Eastern Conference our B word. So, yeah. Um, uh- Owned them, I think, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, we would have owned them. And so 
that's where my expectations were. And now we've kind of, we've got to dig ourselves out of a little hole. You know, we, we just, all we've got to do is put ourselves in the chance to get into the finals. And if we do, if we, if we win this week and we beat LA, then, then we'll do that. So um, I like that a bit. Now, back to your question, um, Dustin, about uh, what are my expectations? I think a huge part of how successful rugby is depends on the USA World Cup bid for 2027. Yeah. If USA is successful in that, this sport will change within this country like that. There'll be there'll be so much more resources and funds available for it. And then on top of that, um, like behind the scenes, our organization, the LC Gilbrani, they sorry about the motorbike in the background ah, there. They're um, fine. You're sitting outside in the sunshine right now, so it's like, well, I guess we'll deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. Within the organization, they want to make the match day experience and everything about this organization world class. And that's what they've tried to do. And they've done a really good job with that because the festival atmosphere that's at Bond Stadium when we play is amazing. And and the the entertainment's been good from our point of view, but then the the fight entertainment with the bands and the fireworks and everything. So, So they've done a really good job of that. But I think for us to really grow as a sport, the MLR has to become popular, part of pop culture. And you can see with the MLS where they are right now. I think we're tracking on the same trajectory as them, but I think we're going to accelerate our popularity a little bit faster. Um, so I think within that, if, if the MLR as a competition becomes popular, again, that's another thing that will just increase our exposure to the general public. And then when we've got that, all it is is about exposure because I'm pushing this team and this sport in, in Austin like nobody's business. And what I find is nobody knows about the AGs, but everybody has a connection to rugby Yeah, one way or another, whether it's a crazy uncle that played it in <laughs> England or whether it's a, or whether it's a cousin that's always trying to get them to come play their game. So everybody has some type of story about rugby. So they know about it. And when you say rugby, a smile comes across their face because of the, of the crazy uncle, whatever it is. Um, yeah. That, that is attached to, to rugby. So all we have to do is get greater exposure to the public and make the game a little bit more accessible to them because I know that once we get people to the games, they stay and they bring yeah. a friend. And all we've got to do is just accelerate that a little bit faster than what we have. But I think credit to um, my up management and my backroom staff for making that game day such a such a great experience. Yeah, for sure. We, we saw it throughout the season, you know, as, as more and more people, one, got vaccinated and started coming out to matches and, you know, the decreased in the, you know, the social distancing that we had, but also more fans came at the beginning of the season that started liking it, got more media exposure out into the, the general public that they brought friends and they're like, oh, this is great. We'll come out and do this and we'll come out and do this. And you see it in the last game when you have, you know, couple thousand people standing up and just you know waving towels in the air and going crazy and fireworks yeah. going off it, it really um going back to you know season one season two or like hey like 200 people at the game oh that's cool to thousands of people at the game now that i, I look forward to the day where we sell out a, the stadium and there's not a seat empty all the way around on all on on the three sides of the stands and people are sitting two or three deep watching uh you know, in, in the little garden area there at Bold Stadium. So it's uh, lofty ambitions, and uh, no, but not as lofty as you would think. Like, just a little bit of exposure. I think I think we're right around the corner from, from doing that. Uh, real quick, uh, Matt Sosberg said, I will slap a brisket on the smoker anytime you want. There you go. I can confirm Matt did actually have a very nice brisket at the tailgate party. So, and that was just a small one. So I can only imagine what they do when they have a, the, the full brisket out there. So good, good, good rugby family there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's a very fun and I'll take you up on it. There you go. Yeah. Right. Just give a call right after this. So, Hey, um, 
Sam, really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, obviously you're out on the West coast, you're, you know, doing some training probably in between stuff right now, but you know, since you are a busy, busy coach and you are working a lot, we want to give you the time to, to get back and, and do what you got to do so you can keep preparing the boys for, for this coming match. For those that want to watch the match, it is on KBVO this week, uh, nine o'clock. It's a late game here. It's a seven o'clock game over there on the West Coast, but nine o'clock here. The watch party is at Little Woodrose at Tech Ridge. That's another great thing. There's watch parties are happening all over Austin. It's not just the same location downtown every time. We're spacing it out so people get to go watch everywhere else. But really appreciate that. Sam, any last words from you? Anything you'd like to to let everybody know and or, or just say that we haven't covered in in the last hour? I uh, just did. Um... The people that are probably listening to this podcast or already supporters of the team are pretty aware of that. So I think that gives me a platform to just thank those people because um, their support for the team is noticed and welcomed and, and um, they, the players just love playing at home and, and it's because of the support that, that you guys have shown. So um, that's to the supporters. But then um, to you guys, Dustin and, and Alex and... And, and the other Alex. And the other Alex who's um, not, who couldn't, he, he's, he had to work during the daytime. I, unfortunately, I own my own business, so I had to take off whenever I want. Dustin, I'm, I'm aware because <laughs> I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get Alex to come down and train with us and, and potentially uh, play with us, but he's just too busy. So, oh man. Um, As he, he, he's probably, he's a, he's a humble guy. He's probably keeping that to himself, but he's training a new job and um, yeah. he just doesn't have the time. Hopefully, he said, hopefully after the buy. So, I'd even be keen for that because um, he's a really good rugby player. I'd love yeah, to have him sure. part of the group, but uh, he's just been too busy at the moment. So, yeah, to you guys, thank you so much for um, you know, flying the flag for us and, and doing your duty and, and exposing, again, just lending that platform to us to, to, to just let people know how ambitious we are, but also just an organisation full of good people and, yeah. and, and playing a great sport. For sure. Alex, any last words? Just one final thing. Uh, with the press release when you announced uh, Lockie McCaffrey signing, uh, you mentioned that uh, he was the right person to come in and um, tell his team it's not as good as it thinks it is. It can be better. <laughs> How good does this team think it is? Yeah, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> I think it's... Um, I think it's a team that has overextended their expectations, not mine, but theirs probably. Um, so I think, I think the, the message behind that message was that, um, you know, we, we could be getting complacent because we might think that we've already done enough. And Lockie's a guy that has achieved great things in his, in his own right and uh, had success wherever he goes. And, and he can probably come here with uh, like, different eyes he's been watching our training he's been part of the group pretty much the whole year but he had some really bad visual issues unfortunately he could have been here eight ten weeks ago which would have been really really good but um he's finally here and he first training session he was pulling guys out for missing roles when those guys have been doing those roles for the last 14 weeks and he just got here so he's he's a guy that holds people to a to a standard a certain standard and what that also does, it empowers our other leaders to kind of see him do that and then and then they start pushing standards a little bit more as well. So, um, look, we're probably like five more points on the ladder, but but we've done a really good job to be here. So we've positioned ourselves nicely. And as I said, we're in our own control. So all we've got to do is go get the job done on Saturday and then, and then again, we can have an exhale because of the week off. Um, Take it, take some moments away, and enjoy some time with your family. But then come back ready to go because we've got to game against LA the week after. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we look forward to it. We look forward to those last few matches. Uh, Matt Zappa, I see you. Uh, I see your comments. Uh, Matt Zappa just commented. You were saying you appreciate the fans and stuff, but uh, I think Matt speaks for all of us and saying we appreciate you. We appreciate you know the the new energy that you've brought to the organization, uh, both you and Mark and. You know, just again, I think that family style, that family approach that you, the inclusiveness of bringing everybody in has really impacted, not, you know, definitely impacted the supporters who have been here since that first year uh, and even beyond, but also anybody that comes into the, 
uh, comes into the fold now. Uh, welcomed with open arms. Uh, and I think that that's something um, to be commended on. And I think that that approach is definitely going to help grow the sport here in Austin and, and beyond as we continue to branch out and bring in people from San Antonio and, and take people away from Dallas and take and Houston and stuff too. So uh, that's the goal, right? Like, like the Cowboys, they've got people everywhere, but that's, that's going to be Austin. I think yeah. so uh, we continue yeah. to do that. And just on that point, Dustin, around, um, I can't say too much, but just stay tuned. Watch your space. You will get access to, um, to seeing a lot more soon, but I can't say any more than that. Is it, is it do, the, the Sam Harris documentary? Is it the 30 for 30? <laughs> no, that's good. We, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the stuff that's been going on. Um, man, can't, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day again today. Really, really can't. It's, uh, it's good, good to always chat with you. Good to, to get some time and, and sit down and have a conversation for an hour about a, a variety of things. Uh, also, you should probably just go chat with your wife a little bit about the time thing too. Uh, don't want you to forget that one. Uh, she did laugh in the comment section on that, on that as well. <laughs> hey, um, Alex, thanks for coming on and joining us again. Big thanks to Sam Harris. Don't forget nine o'clock this Saturday, San Diego and Austin. It's a big one for us. Get out, watch it wherever you can, cheer the boys on. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, lineups haven't been announced yet, uh, but hopefully they will They will be here soon. Look forward to seeing what that looks like and the guys coming out. Sam, big thanks to you. And of course, if you want to buy, hey, any of this nice Gilgroniac gear, if you want to be a Gilgroniac, which I did see a couple t-shirts in the crowd at the last game. That was awesome. I appreciated that. Uh, Austin Rugby supporters under the, uh, the rugbyshop.com. So go over there. Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks again. Uh, until next time, Catch you on the pitch.